um, that time of year where your pastor sweats? Everybody's good with that? Good, because you can't stop it. You're not good with it, Sarah? Wow, ouch. I do have one more thing to do before um, I get started with my message. And um, I don't know. I'm pretty good at this now. Happy birthday to you, Zena and Monica. Happy birthday to you, Zena and Monica. Happy birthday, dear Zena and Monica. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. And your dad said, he got you back. I added that part, but anyway. He was going to do it. He sang to you or he just told you he was going to tell me? Well, that was a great thing. Did you cry at work when you heard it? Because <laughs> I hear, I start to cry a lot. Never mind, I'll stop while I'm ahead. Go with me in your Bibles this morning to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 22. Father, we thank you for the opportunity, the honor to enter into the Word of God. We love your Word. We honor your Word. We believe right now the Spirit of the Lord is leading us and guiding us into this truth. And we just thank you already for the rich revelation that's going to come to us. Lord, we fully believe, just as the Word instructs us right here, that we're not just going to be hearers of your Word this morning, but we're going to become doers thereof. And because we're doers, we shall be blessed. Thank you for these things now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Everybody say, I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Why do I say that? Have you say those things over and over again? Because it's called... Learning to live by faith. Even if you find yourself not doing the word yet, you need to start speaking it out of your mouth that you are a doer of the word. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You can speak these words of life over and over and over again and finally you're going to get to the place where, wow, doing the word isn't so difficult. And it's really not. Amen. The Bible says here in verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Deceiving yourselves. A person who just hears the word is deceiving themselves. And it's just like what I've said to you before. A person who just hears the word is just like a person who's never heard the word. Because they're going to get the exact same results. Nada, nothing, zilch, zero. So what does that mean if you see in your life certain things not happening? Could it be that you're not doing the word? Is that a great possibility? Okay, this is one of those toast-topping times. (laughs) Hallelujah. But again, I, 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 I seriously speak this towards myself. You know, one of the things that uh, uh, Becky said there, and it's the absolute truth, we should have a teachable spirit, maintain a teachable spirit always. And if you ever get to the place where a pastor or any other minister starts to speak and you say, oh, I know that, I know that, you better check up on your heart because there's pride all over you. 
you got to say, Lord, I'm going to remain humble. I'm going to remain teachable. I don't care what kind of correction needs to come. Because, see, without correction, you're not going to get direction. Did you hear what I just said? Some people say, well, God, how come you never show me what I'm supposed to be doing? How come you never let me know what, what, my plan, what your plan and purpose is for my life? Because you are not allowing him to correct you. You're not yielding to his correction. If you learn to learn, yield yourself to his correction, then glory to God, he'll give you direction. All right, thank you. Thank you for those absolutely no amens till right now. Hallelujah. It's a good word. Notice verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, speaking of the Bible, and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one. Which one? The one who has been looking into the perfect law of liberty and continuing in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of work, this one will be blessed. Everybody say, that's me. This one will be blessed in what he does. I, glory to God. Obviously, we can see here that in order to live the blessed life, we must be doers of the word. It's not an option for us as Christians if we plan on being blessed. Did you hear that? So if that's true, and it obviously is because we see it right here in the word of God, then who determines whether we live blessed or not? Us or God? Isn't that something? Yet how many Christians turn around and blame God? Why aren't you taking care of me, God? Why aren't you doing this, God? It's not God's fault. We can see right here what God's will is for us. He desires to bless us. He desires to bless us. But there's a way for that to happen. It's called being a doer of the word of God. Amen. You know... God has given us his word. God has given us the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and teach us the wonderful word. But then it's up to you and me to take that revelation that comes by the Spirit of God and apply it to our lives. But glory to God, when we do the word, what's going to happen? Not a trick question. I'd like to have some answers. We're going to be, we're going to be blessed. Everybody say Blessed. Do you want to live blessed? Be a doer. You're dismissed. Love you guys. That's, that's such a powerful truth, isn't it? It's his will for every single one of us. God wants you and me blessed. He wants us blessed. He wants us blessed. I can't get that across any clearer. He wants you blessed. He wants us to be a, 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 a demonstration to the world, an advertisement to the world, a living billboard to the world that our God is good. He wants us blessed coming in and blessed going out. Do you really believe that about your God? Oh, we're going to find out. We're going to get into some things this morning and we're going to find out. Just smiling on your head right there. Yes, yes, glory to God. Now, four, about four or so weeks ago, we began to look at a very familiar scripture that a whole lot of Christians can confess, but I don't believe a whole lot of Christians are doing. Go with me to Matthew 6, verse 33. Hallelujah. How many are believing this morning? How many are expecting to get some good things this morning? Amen. Woo! 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 Ain't that right? Where's my woohoo? 
<laughs> Matthew 6, 33, who's speaking here? Jesus. Can Jesus lie? Did Jesus lie? Has Jesus ever lied? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Everybody say, seek first. Not second, not third, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What are the all these things referred to here? It's talking about what we eat. It's talking about what we wear. It's talking about everything else we need to live and thrive on this earth. Glory to God. Jesus tells us right here that as we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of those things shall be added to us. Not kept from us, but added to us. Are you listening? Now, we took some time the last time we were talking about this. (laughs) We began to look at whether someone is truly seeking first the kingdom of God in the area of their finances... If the very first thing a person thinks about when money comes in is paying their bills or buying something they need or want. Now, let me just be very clear. It's not wrong to pay your bills. You should do that. And there's nothing wrong with buying things that you may need or want. The key to this, however, is that those things should not come first. What should come first? Our tithes and our offerings. The very moment money comes in, we should immediately set aside the tithe. I don't even, it's not even a question for us. Money comes in, immediately I write out the tithe check. I mean, there have been very few times in my life where that has not happened. And I've got my checkbook to back it up. It's just, I mean, I've always tithed, don't get me wrong. But sometimes there might be something else that I've got in there before. But usually right after money comes in, I'm writing out the tithe check. First. Everybody say first. Now, I know some people will argue, but I can't afford to tithe, Pastor Dan. I've got bills to pay. I've got things I need to purchase. I just don't have the money to do it. And if I don't have it, how can God expect me to tithe? The question, again, I would ask you this morning is how can you afford not to do it? Tithing was established by Almighty God. Not as a means to keep his people poor and broke and barely getting by, but as a means that when we obey him and do what he's instructed us to do in his word, get this, it gives him the legal avenue to move in our lives and bless us beyond measure. Did you hear what I just said? God is a just God. If it was just solely up to God what was going to happen to us, how many know, first of all, the first thing would happen is we'd all get born again. I'm talking about everybody on this planet. And then after that, boy, we'd all get so blessed. But how many know that's not the way it works? God set us on this earth and told us, human beings, to rule and reign here. You hear what I'm saying? Now we have a choice to do it God's way or we got a choice to do it the world's way. You hear what I'm saying? And so it's not up to him whether we are going to make the right choice or not. Now he has helped us. He has helped 
I mean, where's that scripture at? Deuteronomy? Help me out. I set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing, now choose life. He, he's kind of given us, okay, I've said it all before you. It's your option now. Choose life, choose death, choose the blessing, choose the curse. And then he kind of helps us. Kind of, you know, you're taking a test. How many like to take a test like that? You get the question right after it kind of gives you the answer. That'd be a cool test to take. Wouldn't it? Boy, you think you might be able to pass it, but how many people are failing that test? Choose life. Choose the blessing. It's up to you. It's up to me whether we're going to do it or not. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It was established by God, tithing and giving. And when we obey him, it gives him the legal avenue to come in and bless us beyond measure. I love that. In other words, our obedience to tithe and give offerings opens up the spigot of God's blessings into and upon our lives. Isn't that amazing? See, that's like when we're taking up tithes and offerings in here, in your mind's eye. You need to think of it you're like you're standing there, and there's a big old giant spigot above your head. And, and, and the very moment you're giving it, God's just going, just flooding you with those, those blessings. Here come the blessings. Here come the blessings. Here come the blessings. Glory to God. But guess what happens when you don't tithe? The Bible actually says that you're robbing from God. Go with me this morning to Malachi chapter 3. Everybody just smile real big. I'm not going to tell you who's a tither and who's not. But I know. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) First of all, look at verse 6. For I am the Lord... I do not change. I am the Lord. I do not change. So if the Lord does not change, then who do people think they are to tell the Lord they no longer have to tithe? When just a few scriptures, just a few scriptures ahead of us, God tells us that's what we're supposed to be doing. Friends, I know a whole lot of Christians try to reason away tithing. Probably the biggest argument that they'll use is that it was a part of the old covenant and a part of the law. And since we're now a part of the new covenant and under grace, we no longer have to tithe. Oh, really? (laughs) Listen, it's true. We are part of a better covenant with better promises. We are under grace. Thank you, Jesus. But does that mean we automatically throw everything out that was under the old covenant? That was a part of the Old Testament. Listen to this. Unless something in the Old Testament has been modified by the New Testament, it stands as written. I said it stands as written. In other words, how many know it's still wrong to lie and to cheat, to commit murder and to steal? But how many know it's also still right to give God first place in our lives and to honor Him with our tithes and with our offerings and with our first fruits. Hello? So just because we're a part of a new and better covenant, no longer under the law, but under grace, does not give us the right not to tithe. As I heard one minister say, and this is so good, tithing isn't a law, it's a lifestyle. 
Tithing isn't a law, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's at, I mean, this is our life. We should live to give and to honor our wonderful God with the first fruits of everything that comes into us. That's what tithing is all about. Now look at verse 8. This is God speaking, the very one who just a few verses ago said, I do not change. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? Notice, in tithes and offerings. So we can see here that anyone who refuses to bring tithes and offerings to the Lord does what? According to God. That's pretty strong, isn't it? That's real strong. They rob God. Now I wanted you to get this. In other words... People who refuse to tithe or to give offerings are robbing God of an opportunity and the privilege to bless them. Did you hear that? Friends, as we're going to see in just a moment, God loves to bless and take care of his children. Even more than any earthly father could ever want to desire that. But if you refuse to tithe and bring offerings to the Lord... You rob them of that opportunity to bless you and take care of you. And notice what else happens. Verse 9, you are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. In other words, because of their failure to tithe and bring offerings, they've opened themselves up to the curse found in the earth since the fall of Adam. Did you hear what I just said? Verse 10 says this, bring all, everybody say all, all the tithes, that's 10% of everything that comes in, that's what tithe means, into the storehouse, that's speaking of the place where you receive spiritual sustenance, in other words, your local church, it should be your local church, that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Now, notice what's going to happen as a result of tithing and bringing offerings. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. The only other place that kind of terminology is used is way back in the book of Genesis. Where God opened up the heavens and flooded this earth with water in the days of Noah. But notice that isn't what God's talking about, flooding into the life of tithers, is it? Instead, he's talking about flooding the tither with so many blessings, there's not going to be a room enough to contain it all. Stop and think about that. Stop and think about that. I tell you what, that sounds like the blessed life. When you tithe, God will pour into your life like a flood his blessings. Glory to God. Verse 11 goes on to say, uh, and and I will rebuke, God is speaking, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Glory to God. 
So a major part of putting God first in your life is to be a tither and to be a giver. I'm convinced of it. I don't know about you, but I'd rather go through this life with 90% of what comes in to my family and me and have it blessed and have God taking care of me and my family than to go through this life with 100% of everything that comes in but have it cursed. Hear what I'm saying. That's what being a tither does for you, my friends. Amen? Now, for time's sake, I'm not going to go into all the scriptures that talk about tithing and giving found throughout the Bible. But you can find scriptures about tithing and giving all the way from Genesis all the way through Revelation. I hope you're listening to what I just said. From, from Genesis before the law was ever given to Jesus himself in the Gospels talking about tithing to the letters written to the church. It's found throughout the Bible. It's found throughout the Bible. And people who come up with that, 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 that excuse, it was under the old covenant. I'm no longer under the old covenant. Friends, that argument is null and void. Because again, Jesus himself talks about it in the New Testament. You can find scriptures on tithing in the New Testament. And plus, as I said, wait, go back and read the book of Genesis. They brought their tithes to God. That was before the law was given. So should we be tithing or not? Woo. Listen. When the God who does not change tells us that we rob from him, give, rob from him, giving him an opportunity to bless us when we don't do so, and that we open ourselves up to a curse, and being a tither instead opens us up to his blessings. So we don't have enough room to contain it all. And plus, he rebukes to devour for us. I don't know about you, but I'm sticking with tithing. I'm going to continue to tithe. And I know this for certain. I can probably talk to the, most, the majority of people in this place who tithe. And they will say, I'm blessed because I'm a tither. And those who don't tithe will probably look at me and say, Pastor Dan, I can't afford to. Stop and think about it. That's that's I know that's oh listen. I want to share some things with you right now. Please be listening. Do not shut down. If you're not a tither, I'm not trying to be mean to you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to show you how to do it God's way. I'm trying to let you see God's gonna God wants so much for you to be blessed, but you gotta do it his way you got to give him first place. And you're going to see that tithing is giving God first place. Amen. Friends, when we immediately set aside the tithe check or give an offering as the Lord leads us to, now I want you to hear this. We're basically acknowledging that God has first place in our lives and that we wouldn't have anything without him. In other words, we acknowledge him as our source. He's our provider. And he wants to provide us with everything we may need or want. Amen. He promises us this, Lord, these things, my friends. Do you know that he not only wants to meet your needs, he wants you to have surplus, more than enough. 
He wants you to have so much coming in that you, you, you want to give it away. The way God wants it to be. Do you not know what the Bible says? Listen to this, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. He wants us to be a blessing in the kingdom of God, to the kingdom of God, to the people around us, amen. Listen to this scripture. And God is able. How many know that God is able? That means he has the ability to make all grace, every favor, and notice earthly blessing come to you. Everybody say, that's me. Now notice how it comes to us. In abundance. So that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Right there, right here is God's definition of prosperity. Right there. That's God's definition for us being rich right there. He doesn't want us to remain in the land of just enough. He wants us to go over into the land of more than enough. Boy, I could go off and teach in a whole message on some different things in the Old Testament where that, that's the truth. God wants us to have more than enough. Friends, I'm going to tell you this. And again... <laughs> If you're not a tithe, it's easy if you're a tither to be amening right now. Because this is some good revelation. This, is, this should kind of stir it up all the more. should make you more happy about tithing than giving. Did you hear what I just said? When you tithe or bring an offering as the Lord directs you to, you're acknowledging that God has first place in your life. <laughs> That's huge. I want God to know he has first place in my life. I want God to know he has first place in my life. Oh, my, 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 my. Praise the Lord. Go with me over to Proverbs chapter 3. God wants us to live in abundance. God wants us to have more than enough. This is Proverbs 3. It says this in verse 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits. Everybody say first fruits. Notice it doesn't say second fruits, third fruits, and so forth. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. And what's the result of living that way? So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Or you could say it this way, so your checking account will be filled with plenty and your savings accounts will overflow with more than enough. Praise you, Jesus. Friends, as a result of honoring God with the first fruits of everything that comes in, you will always have plenty. More than enough. Whoo! I want that. I want God's blessings coming into my life. Flowing into my life. To the point that they're overflowing. Come on. Now stop and think of That's my God. That's my God. That's my heavenly daddy. He wants to do that for me. He wants to do it for you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. If we do it his way, if we give him first place, if we bring the first fruits to him,
He wants to just flood us with his blessings. And it's not just so we can go, look at me. Look how much I am. No. It's so that we can be a bigger blessing to those around us. Praise you, Jesus. Now go with me to another scripture. Luke 12, 34. This is a powerful one. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, you can tell where a person's heart is by where their treasure is. <laughs> that means if a person, I'm just going to look down here, read my notes. That means if a person has a problem with tithing and giving, I believe it's safe to say that God truly doesn't have first place in that person's life. Again, I'm not trying to be mean, my friends, by saying that. But if we are truly seeking first the kingdom of God, that means we have to give him first place in our lives, including with our finances. In fact, and then this is what I want, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. Everybody say, I'm listening. In fact, I believe we can look at tithing as a test. that shows us where our hearts really are. Did you hear what I just said? Our tithing, our giving of offerings, literally shows us where our heart really is. For those whose hearts are sold out to God, seeking first the kingdom of God, tithing and giving is not an issue. I mean, it's not an issue. In fact, as God has said in his word, they become cheerful givers, hilarious givers, laughing out loud givers, because they know God is faithful, because they know God will come through for them, because they know God's going to bless them. To overflowing. Glory to God. For those who reason it away and refuse to tithe. Can these folks honestly say that God has first place in their lives? I don't think so. Again, am I being mean by saying that? No. I'm trying to help everyone in this room. Again, I'm not trying to look at anybody specifically when I'm looking around the room. First of all, I want to say that. I've had people say that to me before. Pastor Dan, you looked at me when you said that, and I know you're talking to me about that. No, I was just scanning the room. Wasn't thinking about you, but if the shoe fits, wear it. Hello? I'm telling you right now, I want you to live the blessed life. I want every one of you to live blessed. I want every one of you to have more than enough. I want every one of you to become a channel through whom God flows his blessings. That should be our desire. That's God's desire for us as his kids. So when are you going to pass the test? Will you pass the test? Mm. Hello. Sim- simply do the word and watch God bless you big time. Now let me give you a few examples from the word real quickly. Are you still with me? Can I just share these with you? Haggai 1, These are, this ties in with what we're talking about here. Haggai 1, verses 3 through 7. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, thus saith 
says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. He who earns wages earns wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Mm. So what's the Lord saying here? You're taking care of your own things first, and as a result, my house lies here in ruin. And because of that, everything you get goes right back out the window. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? And why? Because they're not seeking first the kingdom of God. They're not giving God first place in their lives. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that these folks didn't want to have anything to do with the church. Their thinking was, not now. I can't afford to do this right now. I've got to pay down my bills. I've got to take care of, of my things first. I've got to take care of my house first. You see how I'm saying this? This is the mentality of so many people right here. Oh, I will do it, Pastor Dan, eventually, someday. I will do it when my ship comes in. You ain't going to have no ship coming in because you haven't put anything out. God's not going to go against the principles found in his word, the way he's established for things to be. Are you thinking what I'm saying? Listen, this is so important. I want you to get a hold of this. If you're not putting God first, then what's going to happen? Does it sound like these people are blessed? But notice how much God loves them. He comes to them. And he's saying to them, consider your ways. I'm saying that to you right now. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. If you're not giving God first place in your life by tithing and giving, then friends, I'm saying to you by the Spirit of God, consider your ways. God does not want to see the things that's flowing right out of your life. It just seems like you got holes in your pocket. I don't want to see that happening in your life. But there's only one way that it won't. Put God first. Honor Him with tithes and offerings. Are you seeing this in the Word today? Can you see this today? My, 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 my. Praise the Lord. Now go with me to 1 Kings 17. Almost done. Are you with me still? Are you with me or are you against me? 1 Kings 17, this is the account of when the Lord sent Elijah to a widow woman in the midst of a severe famine. Verse uh, 8, then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Seraphath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called, her, called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. That's her plan right there. She's going, Go get... She just has a little bit of flour left, a little bit of oil left. She's gathering the sticks up to go start a fire to cook herself a little bread so her and her son can eat it and then die. That's how severe this famine is. Notice verse 13. Elijah said to her, do not fear. 
Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. And bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. Can you believe the the audacity of that man? How do you think the headlines would read today if that happened? (laughs) Minister takes food from a starving woman and son. Friends, listen, if there was anybody who would have been exempt from giving God first, giving to God first, and to his prophet, it would have been this poor, starving widow and son. But notice what happens. What does she end up doing? Look at verse 15. So she went away and did. Everybody say did. Was she a doer? Did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he... And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Glory to God, this woman and her son ended up blessed because of her simple obedience to do what the man of God instructed her to do. Even though what he instructed her to do flew in the face of the natural thing to do. What was the natural thing to do? Take care of my son and me. That's the natural thing to do, isn't it? But glory to God, if they, she would have listened to the natural thing to do, her and her son would have died. Would that have been the will of God for her and her boy? No. God's will was demonstrated by the fact that he sent his messenger to her to help position her to receive his blessings. And all it took was her doing what the Lord instructed her to do through this man of God. And get this, even if it flew in the face of natural natural reasoning. The man of God has been sent to you today. And the Lord is speaking to you right now. Do it God's way. Give God first place in your life. And the way you do it, first of all, is by your tithes and your giving. That proves out where your heart really is, my friends. Is this really real to you? Is it really real to you? Because, again, oh my goodness. God has us on this for a reason. I know many of you are tithers. But glory to God, I'm telling you, I'm telling you by the spirit of the living God, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. God, it, it, think of the woman with the, 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 Jesus was watching the people give offerings that day. Remember that? And the woman with two mites came and threw hers in. And then the rich rulers came in. They were throwing their big old giant offerings in. And Jesus looked at the disciples and said, surely she's given more than them. She gave out of her poverty. They gave out of their their abundance. Friends, listen. The religious people have twisted it. And said that the, the poor, they don't have to give anything away. They don't have to do that. We're the ones that are supposed to be blessing. Yes, that's true. We're the ones that are supposed to be blessing them. But the only way they're going to come up out of that is to do it God's way. Sow and you shall reap. Give and it shall be given unto you. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is how we get blessed. 
Do it God's way. Do it according to the word of God. Be doers of the word of God. Now with a show of hands, how many are tithers in here? No, I'm just kidding. Don't, 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 don't. I know that many of you are, and I'm very grateful for that. Because you're going to be, I'm telling you, listen, listen, listen. I want you to hear me now. If you're not where the Bible says you're supposed to be as a tither, and you do not see the abundance of, these, of the blessings flowing into your life, that you don't have enough room to contain it all. If you're not there yet, don't you dare stop doing the word. You keep trusting God to get you there. Hear what I'm saying. But if you're not a tither, you're not a giver, then you've got to check it up right here in your heart. You need to test your heart. Does God really have first place in your life? I've said this to you over and over and over again, friends. We're not here to play church. We're here to be the church. If God does not have first place in your life, then are you really seeking first the kingdom of God? And are you really being a doer of the word? Not trying to be cruel or mean whatsoever. Telling you, friends, everything that's in me, if you want to come out from where you're at and go to where God desires for you to be, blessed beyond measure, blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field, whatever you set your hand to is blessed. You must be a doer. You must be a doer. You must be a doer. Put God first. One of the ways we put God first is in our tithing and our giving. You saw the word today. The word has come forth to you today. And the spirit of God is saying to you today, consider your ways. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the word. I am so grateful, Father God. That by your grace, we are becoming doers of the word. And because we're doers of your word, we shall bless, be blessed, 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 blessed. Glory to God. So grateful for the word. I'm so grateful for the word. Yes, the Lord said.